Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. And uh, if you are visiting with us today, a very warm welcome to you. It is a wonderful time of the year. Uh, we are glad that you chose to spend some time with us today. Why do we believe? It was a, a Muslim man that was converted to Christ. And when someone asked him why he had become a Christian, he answered, it's kind of like this for me. Suppose you're going down a road when suddenly it forks in two directions. You don't know which direction to take, which way to go, which road to proceed on. And then the fork in the road uh, shows two men. One's dead and one's alive. So which one do you think that I would ask for directions? That's why I am a Christian. The Muslim regards both Muhammad and Christ as prophets of God. But where Muhammad lived and died, Jesus lived, died and rose again. Amen. Jesus is resurrected. Welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Muhammad died and was buried. He has faithful followers that take pilgrimages to visit his remains. The same is true of Buddha and other religious leaders, but this is not true for Jesus. You cannot visit Jesus' remains. You can only visit an empty grave because he isn't there. He is risen. Jesus is risen. And this side of history, we know that Jesus' death was necessary. The Bible teaches us that sin pays off with death. Jesus' death was both real and necessary. So without his death, there could be no resurrection. Without death, how can a person come alive again, be alive again? Good Friday, we talk and we remember that Jesus is dead and without that real death there is no resurrection for us to celebrate today at the cross he laid down his life for us he willingly gave his life so we did not have to die I do wonder where Jesus friends were during the time of the cross how were they observing what happened and one answer to that question would be something like this from a distance, a long way away. Except for John, they basically weren't there as far as we can tell. And the cross was the ultimate symbol of shame. It was reserved for vile criminals. So the disciples teacher, the one they left home to follow, remember some of them left everything and followed him. And right now, he was hung on a cross and it seems like they turned their back on him. No doubt they were viewed, viewing the cross as shameful. They didn't want to be there. Perhaps they even began to question the wisdom of their decision to follow Jesus. I believe their humanity would have come into play. They're disillusioned, they're disappointed, definitely confused and somewhat afraid. Perhaps the crowd is out of control. 
Did they even know if they were safe? Could the soldiers come and take them away as they took Jesus away? And then it happened. Then change broke in. Jesus broke through the chains of death and arose from the grave. Jesus is alive. He appeared to the women at the tomb, the empty tomb, and gave them a word to tell the disciples. Later he appeared before the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. The disciples found Thomas and told him the good news, that Jesus had risen. But Thomas doubts the apostles' testimony. Uh, Let's read John chapter 20 and from verse 24. Now Thomas, he's one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, none of us uh, should be too quick to judge Thomas. He'd heard about the vicious way they'd driven the nails into Jesus' hands. Instead of tying them to a cross, they drove nails in. And he'd heard the way the soldiers stabbed him in the side with a spear to make sure that he was dead, like a piece of meat. His anger and his doubt blended to become a toxic cocktail of bitterness. He was disillusioned. Unless I see those nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Not sure about you, but I reckon maybe I'm a lot like Thomas. I would definitely like to think that given these same circumstances that I'd say, oh, no, he's alive. He said he was going to be alive. He, he, he's alive. But we have the benefit of history. And I'm pretty sure I might have been just the same as Thomas. Can't believe it. His anger, his doubt. Really, do you blame him? His hopes and dreams are smashed. Thomas was drowning in depression and doubt. No way he could believe the unbelievable, not without proof. His aspirations of seeing the Messiah triumph have gone. And I actually think his doubt's pretty normal. Not average, but very normal. In the next verse, Jesus challenges Thomas to believe just the same way he challenges you and I. It's a week later. When we pick up these events in verse 26, a week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And uh, through the doors, though they were locked, Jesus comes and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he, it's like Jesus looking at us in the face. Do you ever feel that, that Jesus just kind of has that capacity to confront you and look you in the face? 
deal with whatever it is that you might be dealing with. He knows what you're dealing with. And he looks Thomas in the face and he says to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And without touching the nail scars or putting his hand in Jesus' side, Thomas believes. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. In verse 28, I think the impact was solid because he ends up an evangelist in India and he's martyred there. Thomas, by his actions, said, seeing is believing. But we know that believing is seeing. You see, Jesus said to him in verse 29, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are those who did not see and yet believe. Now that's our story today. We haven't seen the nail prints in Jesus' hands. And yet for so many of us, we believe, don't we? We believe his resurrection and it translates to faith. The scripture says, greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So powerful. Jesus is risen. There's a person who was a volunteer in a hospital and he tells this story. He's present when a little boy decided to give the ultimate sacrifice because he loved his sister. And the volunteer says the little girl was dying of a rare disease. And the only chance she had of survival was a blood transfusion. So the transfusion would come from her five-year-old brother. And after the doctor explained what would happen during this transfusion, the little boy agreed to give his blood to, to save his sister. So he peacefully laid still during the transfusion. And after a while, he asked the doctor a question that pretty much floored, totally rocked the doctor. And it right there revealed something that he hadn't expected. Little boy said, well, I start to die straight away. So the boy thought he would have to give all of his blood but was willing to do that to save his sister. Jesus laid down his life and he gave all. Remember on Good Friday we remembered and I made a statement that Jesus stayed there on the cross long enough, long enough. And Jesus' own statement was, it is, it is finished. He stayed there for the whole time. And we know that Jesus is the son of God. And, uh, you know, he could have called 10,000 angels. That's only the little bit. Could have done anything right there, but he stayed there long enough.
and he really died so that he could come alive again, conquer death and be alive today. He laid down his life for us. It's a decision many of us have made already. But for some, for some people, a decision to follow Jesus is not yet made. You haven't yet accepted what Jesus did. And the whole story of Easter is a reminder that this day might just be for you to say, I understand the story of Easter, but I've never understood that it's actually about me. But the story of Easter is always and absolutely about you and me and us and everyone. But ultimately, it is about you. And today you know it's about you. And so I simply say, will you come to him today? Will you trust Jesus who gave his life for you so that you could experience the wonder, the majesty, but the love and the forgiveness of God? And not just know about Easter, but celebrate the truth of the resurrected Jesus and come into life. I just want to lead us now as we come into communion. There's elements before us, very powerful. Christ who was there before the universe was called into creation. Christ who was anticipated by the prophets and prepared for by the people. Christ who was born in a manger, baptised in the Jordan, and who calmed storms on the Sea of Galilee, Christ who fed us all with his word, with healing, with loaves and with fishes, Christ who saves us with a cross and an empty tomb, Christ who never abandoned, never truly left us, Christ of love. It is with you and because of you and in celebration of you that we gather around your table this morning, Lord, And gathered as we are, we pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And as we eat of the bread and drink the cup, we remember you, Lord. We recognise the risen Christ in our midst. The women remembered Jesus' words that the Son of Man must be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And so this morning, we remember the truth of Jesus' resurrection, don't we? And everything leading up to it. And we gather around this table and we break bread and we drink and we give thanks that everything Jesus did was his love for us. So with great joy this morning, I proclaim in Jesus' name that these are gifts of God that help us remember the truth about Jesus. The bread represents his broken body. The cup represents the blood of redemption poured out, shed 
given that through blood sacrifice we can enter into new life. Through death there is victory over death at resurrection. Praise God. And in resurrection we see new life in Christ and we can enter in. So these are the gifts of God for the people of God. And I say come. Let me pray. Father, with uh, this communion in front of us here, we are so thankful. The emblems that represent the body and the blood, but the pure and the strong and the gracious gift that you have given in Christ. Sacrifice paid, paid in full, that we can enter into life. And we say thank you, Lord, for what you have done in history that prevails today, once for all time, for all people. And thank you in Jesus' name.